Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 19. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. For all seek their own and not the things which are Jesus Christ. But ye know the proof of him, that as a son with the Father, he has served with me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. Yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor, and fellow soldier, but your messenger, that he may that he ministered to my wants. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him. And not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. I said him therefore the more carefully, that when ye see him again, ye may rejoice, and that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness, and hold such in reputation. Because for the work of Christ he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life, to supply your lack of service toward me. In these verses we have read tonight, we find that Paul mentions two other men. There are three men mentioned in our text. And I want to preach on this thought tonight, laborers together with God. I say this tonight, the work of God is not meant to be a solo endeavor. The mistake that many pastors and even many believers make is they try to accomplish the work of God by themselves. And oftentimes, and I know this from personal experience, trying to do everything yourself leads to frustration, burnout, and even in some extreme cases, quitting on God altogether. One cannot do everything that needs to be done. As a pastor, I can't, and I've, I've had to do it before, I play the piano and lead the music and, and preach. I've had to do it before, but I'm glad I don't have to do that. I'm glad God sent us some help that helps us along. But I'm going to tell you, that, that, that'll stress out your mind after a while while you're trying to uh, play everything and lead. I, I feel like Jimmy Swaggart over there sometimes, you know, and, and trying to lead everything. And, and I'm glad God gives us some people to help. Now, there's some people, they won't take no help because nobody does it as good as what they do it. Those people are not as good as what they think they are. I promise you that. And there, there are the control freaks is what they are. I'm, I'm glad somebody will help me. I mean, I mean I, I'm glad Brother Matthew and Miss Linda are here. But if somebody come in and play the piano and they could play, ding, 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 ding. I mean, that's jingle bells. <laughs> you know, if they could, hey, if they could do that, I'd let them play. I just need some help. So thank God God sent us some help around here. We don't have to do this thing alone. You know, Elijah got in trouble in 1 Kings 19 when he got the I-only syndrome. He said, I'm the only one left serve you, but that was not the case. We are laborers together with God. Paul reminded the church at Corinth of this truth in 1 Corinthians 3. He said, I have planted and Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. In verse 9 of that chapter, he says, For we are laborers together with God. Ye are God's husbandry. Ye are God's building. I'm glad we're not in this thing alone tonight, but I'm glad God has given us brothers and sisters in the Lord uh, to labor together in the work of God. There are three men 
that are identified, that are in our text tonight that I want to look at, and we need all of them. All of them are vitally important to the work of God. First of all, I want us to know the selfless desire of Paul. The selfless desire of Paul. Obviously, we know that Paul's name is not mentioned in these verses because he is the author. He is the one writing these verses. God used the Apostle Paul to help start this church at Philippi back in Acts chapter number 16. And even though uh, Paul had, a, had only spent three months at this church, the church at Philippi had a special place within his heart. We know his desire in two areas. We'll mention them quickly and now I'll move to Timothy and Epaphroditus. First of all, Paul's selfless desire was to be present with the congregation. Look down at verse number 24 of our text. He said, but I trust in the Lord that I also myself shall come shortly. Paul states his desire and his passion to be reunited with the saints once again at the church at Philippi. Now we got to be reminding ourselves when Paul writes this. He's not at another church ministry. He's not at another place holding a revival meeting. Paul is sitting in prison. Paul is sitting in a dungeon. And you know, when anybody, anybody that is locked up or confined, all they're thinking about is their freedom. I'm going to get out. I'm going to go eat where I want to eat. I'm going to go do what I want to do. But you know what Paul said? As soon as I get out of here, I'm making a beeline to Philippi. I'm wanting to get back and enjoy of your fellowship. Paul is not expressing human and optimism in this text but rather he was expressing his faith in the Lord God that he was indeed able to open those prison doors at Rome and get him out of there for that is how the church at Philippi got started it's because God broke in a prison cell one night and opened the prison doors and Paul said I don't know if God's going to do it but if God's done it before God can do it again and I'm making plans I want to be present with you there at Philippi once again. Paul's teaching us the valuable lesson of congregating together as the church. He's saying it's valuable. It's precious. He said that was his self-desire to be present with the congregation. But then notice this, his, the second part of this. He wanted to have perception of their condition. Look at verse number 19. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you. Here's why. That I may be also, I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. Paul's in prison. Everybody should be worried. Paul, how you doing? You need anything, Paul? Paul said, I'll tell you what would help my heart. I want to know how y'all are doing. Ain't that amazing? Paul said, Paul said, I know what will bring me comfort to my heart is to hear a good report that y'all are doing all right. I hope your family's doing well. I hope your children are doing good. I don't know what all the needs Paul had. Paul said he prayed for them daily. So Paul must have had a prayer list that he was praying for those members at Philippi. And he's praying about needs. And he said, I want to know how your situations are. This is why the book of Philippians has been called the joy book. Because true joy, you've seen the acrostic, is Jesus, others, and yourself last. The word joy is mentioned six times in this epistle. The word rejoice nine times in the book of Philippians. What Paul is saying, the, why, how could Paul have joy in this prison cell, in this dungeon? He was magnifying the Lord and he was thinking about others. You know, we need people in the church that will have a selfless desire. They want to be present and they want to be concerned about the needs of others. The selfless desire of Paul. But I hasten 
I also see the second individual in our text, and that is the spiritual description of Timothy. The selfless desire of Paul, but the spiritual description of Timothy. Now, for sake of context and for continuity, we understand, first of all, about Timothy's conversion. We understand, according to 1 Timothy 1, 2, that Paul called him a son in the faith. And we, it is commonly agreed that Timothy was a convert of the Apostle Paul's ministry during his first missionary journey visit, uh, during, when he visited Lystra and Iconium. Some even teach that after Paul was stoned at Lystra that he recovered in the house of Timothy's mother. There's no scripture to prove that. That's just what people write about and say. So we know that Paul had a great impact on the conversion of this young man, Timothy. We mentioned it Sunday morning, how that his, that his father was off the scene, probably died when Timothy was a child or, or left the family. He was not in the picture. And so Timothy's mother and his grandmother had a godly influence on him that led to his salvation conversion. Timothy's conversion with them. Now in our text, we know Timothy's contentment. Verse 19. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you. I use the word contentment here because Paul said he wanted to send Timothy. Now who gets sent? Servants. You remember in Luke chapter number 7 that Jesus was called upon to heal the servant of the centurion soldier. And as Jesus is making his way to that man's house to heal that centurion man's servant, he's, that centurion sends word to Jesus and said, Look, I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. He said, For I also am a man. He said, I have servants and I'm a man set on authority. And he said, I tell one servant, Go, and he goeth. And I t call one servant to come, and he comes. Here's what he's saying. Here's the principle. The principle of that is the great faith that man had. But I'm going to tell you, here's the application I want us to see. Servants get sent. Timothy was content to be a servant. Here he is, a young preacher. He's Paul's protege. He is the Apostle Paul's preacher boy. And what are you going to do, Timothy? Well, I'm going to go check on that church at Philippi. Why? Paul asked me to. Until you're contented to be a servant, you'll never enjoy contentment. For what did our Savior do that night in John 13 when nobody was there to wash feet? Jesus laid aside his garments and took up a towel and became a servant to those men. Timothy's conversion, Timothy's contentment. Notice Timothy's connection. Look at verse number 20. For I have no man like-minded. The word like-minded means equal in soul. I wrote this down. Paul and Timothy were not just on the same page. They were in the same sentence. In other words, they were connected and joined together for the cause of Christ and the work of the ministry. Now, in, when we dealt with earlier in Philippians chapter number 2, we preached a message on the great need of humility and unity and how you're not going to have unity unless you have humility. And here's a great example. Paul has continued to drive that point home. He said, me and Timothy, Timothy and I, we are equal in soul, we're like-minded. He said, I don't have any other man that, I, that we're on the same line of thinking as me and Timothy. How can two walk together? He said, they'll be agreed, the prophet Amos said. That's why I can't hook up with some people. That's why I can't preach with some You know, there are places that, and I'm not bragging tonight, but I have turned down meetings because who I'd be preaching with. So I said, I don't think that's a big deal. I ain't got nothing but my name. And I can't yoke up with somebody who has a life of adultery or is double married. I can't be on that same flyer. I, they can do what they want to. I'm not saying they got to cancel. I'm just not going to go. 
I ain't going to make that pastor choose between us. I'm going to make the decision for us. So I said, well, that's being mean. No, being mean would say, well, I ain't coming unless you cancel that guy. No, I'm just not going to come. You don't need me. I'm not that great of a preacher anyway. I can come tell jokes. You know, I'm a pretty good comedian. Comedian, At least I think I am. But what I'm saying is I can't yoke up with some people. I can't go along with that. So I said, why can't you do that? Because we ain't going the same direction. I've been, I've been accused of, 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 being, uh, of being just hard to get along. I'm not hard to get along with. I really, I'm really not. I'm not. You just got to think like I do. <laughs> it's a joke. You can smile. Hey, we're all like that. Every one of us is like that. And don't know two people think a lot. You don't believe, if you say, well, I think we do. Well, you ain't never been married. You get married, you realize that person you love so much, your minds go two different directions. Oh, don't you leave me out here hanging, you bunch of hypocrites. Say amen, Tony Rupert and Rich Hanson. You know it's the truth. Amen. We all think different. No man wants 47 pillows on his bed. Help us out, fellas. Takes me two hours to get ready to go to bed. (laughs) And then if I make up the bed, Lord help, I can't never put them in the right spot. (laughs) And when I finally get the pattern right, she gets new pillows. (laughs) It's a conspiracy, man. It's a conspiracy to keep us messed up. Here's my point tonight. Everybody's different. We've talked about everybody has different ways of looking at things. But Paul said, I'm going to tell you, Timothy, we're on the same page. We're on the same line. We're equal in soul. We are in one accord. You know what made that early church so great in the book of Acts? They were in one accord. That's not a Honda either. They were together. They were in unity. They were, they, they, the Bible says in Acts 4.32, And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and of one soul. You know, the church is, is called a bride. We're, we're an army. We're sheep. We understand that. But you know what else the church is? It's a body. Uh, I'm, I've been working on, uh, I've been doing a, um, a, about a three-month remodel on our kitchen that's took two years. <laughs> you laugh, but it really has. This time, I got on my uh, phone today, my memories was we was ripping out carpet. That night, you and the guy, you and Jared came over, we ripping up carpet a year ago. And that started the process. And, and then Brother Keith came over, and we, uh, we, we laid that countertop, and now I'm starting to work on the ceiling. And so I found shiplap at a, at a good deal. And uh, so I'm, uh, uh, I've, I've, uh, was hanging that shiplap. And you know what? I couldn't, I, I, think about this. Here I am. I've cut my piece, I'm getting ready to put it up there, I'm on my ladder, and I've got my nail gun, and what would have happened if my right hand would have said, I don't want to work on this, I'm going to go do something else. (laughs) I've got this piece up! But my right hand says, which is my strong hand, that had the nail gun, I don't want to nail up shiplap today. Well, I ain't getting no work done, you know why? Because my body's not in agreement. And I'm going to tell you why a lot of church won't get nothing done. Because part of the church wants to do something. And I don't know if I want to do that or not. Oh, we've got to have unity as the body of Christ. We have to be together. We have to be in one accord if we're going to get things accomplished. Timothy's connection. Then notice Timothy's care. Look at the latter part of verse 20. For I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. The word care means to look after or to provide for. Paul states he is confident that Timothy will take care of that church at Philippi just as he would take care of them if he were there. You know what that tells me about Timothy? He was close to his preacher. 
Now, I understand. I understand everybody, as a pastor, and, and I understand that you don't understand this, okay? But I can't be buddies. I'm fr- my friends are in here. But there's a line that we have that we can't cross because I'm the pastor. And, and somebody said, why? Because I may have to deal with sin one day, and I don't want my friendship to hurt my ability to fulfill my biblical command. You understand? So sometimes I have to stand standoffish. And I understand that you may not understand. And so somebody said, preacher, well, how does Timothy so close to Paul? And, but you're saying that we can't, it's, it's, here's the thing. You gotta be friends with everybody. But when you get up to preach, you ain't got no friends. One, one, brother Massingale says when you get up to preach, they're all cabbage heads. Everybody looks the same. Why? Because if we're not, if preachers are not careful, they'll let somebody that's got money or somebody that's tried to bribe them or buy them off and they got to preach on sin and they know they're involved in it. Somebody said, if you actually preached on sin you knew people was doing, why would I preach on sin that I didn't think nobody else was doing? I mean, I know preventive maintenance, but if God puts a message on my heart, I can't avoid it. Unless I'm going to be wrong with God. I don't want to be wrong with God. Here's the thing with Timothy and Paul. Timothy was close to Paul. But you read 1st and 2nd Timothy, Paul also gives him some instruction. He says, Timothy, you've got a problem with fear. God ain't giving you the spirit of fear. But a power and love and a sound mind. So you can be close and still have a good relationship with your pastor and with the preacher. But at the end of the day, when he's got to preach, you've got to be able to receive it. Does that make sense? That's not in the outline, but there it is now. Timothy's care. They're on the same page, same line, same sentence, same word. Watch this. I love this in verse 21. Timothy's character. For all seek their own, and not the things which are Jesus Christ. Paul said, here's how I know I can trust Timothy, because Timothy ain't in it for Timothy. Ain't that good? Timothy ain't in it to see what Timothy can get out of it. Sadly tonight, there are a lot of preachers that are just out of church because of the package that the church offers them. Somebody says, how do you know that? Because when a better offer comes up, they're gone. I'm not being critical tonight, and I know, and I've got friends that's been through some hard things in pastorates, but I can name you several men that spend five, four to five different places in the ten years that I've been here. I'm not bragging on me. Somebody said, how do you stay somewhere so long? Nobody else wants you. <laughs> you laugh. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> what I'm saying, and because there have been some times where in my flesh, if somebody would have called, I went and took a Catholic church. Yeah, bring on the robe and a candle. We'll set something on fire. Hallelujah. <laughs> now, unless you pastor and been discouraged, you don't know what I'm talking about. But I'm like, hey, you know, white robe, I think I can pull it off, you know. I'll be the next pope. <laughs> some of y'all need to smile. <laughs> Pope Josh, thank you. God bless you. Want some holy water? There you go. All right. I think I can pull it off. But anyway, I am a father. Thank you. There's a lot of people, they're just in it for themselves, the money they can get, the popularity, getting on a flyer. Can I make a confession to you? As a young preacher, and I'm still young, but I'm not as young as what I used to be. What I mean by that is, I've matured more in the ministry, I hope. But I'm like, boy, if I could just get in that meeting and get on that platform, I'd be happy. 
You know what I found? I've been to the meeting, Brother Rich. I've been on the platform. And it wasn't as good as what I thought it was. And, I, and y'all are going to battle that. Boy, if I could just get there. Guys, I've been there. I've sat on the platform, been in the meetings, and went home, went to the hotel room, or went where we were staying, went to the, I remember one time I went to the dump where we were staying and told my wife, I don't know why I even wanted this. You know what I'm talking about. We got fleas. <laughs> That's a bad story. Amen. What I'm telling you tonight is don't seek your own. He said, he said, Timothy's not there to see what he can get off of you. He's there to minister to you. He's there to be a blessing to you. By the way, that's not just for preachers tonight. That should be all of us. Then Timothy's commitment. Look at verse 22 and 23. But you know proof of him that as a son with the Father, he has served me with me in the gospel. Him, therefore, I hope to send presently so soon as I shall see how it will go with me. Paul said, I can't get to you, but I'm going to send a man that I trust, that I trust will take care of you. And he said, you know, I don't want, he, he said, not only has he proved himself to me, he said, but you know the proof of him. He said, he, he's, he's a member of your church. He grew up there. He, he's there. He was, he, was, he was there when the church got started. You know Timothy. Hey, and I'm, I'm not just picking on our preachers tonight, but man, you're not wasting your time here. You're approving yourself to this congregation. You're proving yourself. That's why, that's why I like for all the preachers to sing in the choir and, and do things. Why? Because they need, the church needs to see the preachers doing something besides preaching. So when they do get up in the pulpit to preach, you'll listen to them. That's part of your, this is approving time. Approving time. Not waste time. It's approving time. When I was at Daddy's, I led music. I played the bass guitar. I, I need to quit telling that. I hate when guys brag on themselves in a story. I'm just saying, when, yeah, watch those preachers that are always the heroes of the illustration. All right? There, there I go. I've got to have a long talk with myself. I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. All right? Think, 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 think. You hear it? <laughs> he, said, he said, Paul's committed to this gospel ministry. So let me hurry. The selfless desire of Paul. And then the, scriptural, the, the, the spiritual description of Timothy. Now, we're familiar with those two guys, but now in the last eight minutes, I'm going to introduce you to a fellow you don't know much about. And this is the stated de- dedication of Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus. Now, we know Paul. We know Timothy. Not as well as we know Paul, but we pretty much know Timothy pretty good. But Epaphroditus, he ain't got a book named after him. He didn't write nothing. Who was he? Well, this man Epaphroditus was a man of character and integrity. Epaphroditus was a member of the church at Philippi. And he was sent by the church of Philippi to Rome to see the Apostle Paul. And the reason he was sent is because the church at Philippi had received a love offering for Paul. And Epaphroditus was commissioned to take this offering to the Apostle Paul in that Roman prison. We note some things about him very quickly. First of all, we note his salvation. Look at verse 25. Yet I suppose it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother. Paul said, I'm going to tell you the first thing about Epaphroditus. Say, you know this. He said, he's my brother. That's a family term. That means he's in the family. His salvation, his steadfastness, and companion in labor. Now, they've been in prison. 
I don't know what kind of labor they're doing in the, in the prison house. I know Paul has converts. I don't know if they held revival meeting in the prison. I don't know what they'd done, but apparently Epaphroditus had labored with Paul. He was a soldier, verse 25, and fellow soldier. Now, watch that. Fellow soldier. You know, we would probably put Paul, you know, in ranking. Paul probably a general, wouldn't you think? Wrote 13 books in the New Testament, 14 think Hebrews. I kind of, depends on what day it is I, that I believe he wrote Hebrews or not. Today's the day I believe he wrote Hebrews. So 14 New Testament books. He's a general. Preacher. People saved. Churches started. Epaphroditus, you know, he's probably, you know, a little lower. You know what Paul said? He's just a fellow soldier. Paul said, it ain't, um, I'm this big preacher and old brother Epaphroditus. He said, we're just, we're in this thing together. Hey, there ain't no big eyes or little use. We're in this thing together. His submission in verse 25, but your messenger and that he ministered to my wants. He said, I've been ministering to you. And watch what God did for Paul. And the people he ministered to, God sent a minister back. Can I tell you this? Many times I've tried to minister to you and God's allowed you to turn around and minister to my family. I appreciate that. Watch this. He had sickness in verse 26. For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that ye, had, that ye had heard that he had been sick. Somewhere along this journey of being a bless, blessing the Apostle Paul, Epaphroditus had got sick. He might have got COVID. I'm not sure. He wasn't wearing his mask. He didn't have a shot. But anyway, he became full of heaviness, the Bible said. Why was he full of heaviness? Because he got sick. No, because the church at Philippi found out he had got sick. Paul would not fit in in this modern church. Or excuse me, Epaphroditus wouldn't fit in. Paul wouldn't either. But Epaphroditus wouldn't fit in because he got sick and he didn't want nobody to know about it. He said, I don't want to discourage them back at Philippi. He said, I don't want them to worry about me. It ain't about me. Offering got to Paul. That's all that matters. His sickness. His sustaining. Verse 27. For indeed he was nigh unto death. Sick nigh unto death. But God had mercy on him. And not on him only but on me also. Lest I should upon, have sorrow upon sorrow. Through God's mercy and grace. Epaphroditus was touched by the hand of God. And recovered from his sickness. And for all the nuts out there. D.R. Harrison and Greg Locke. Can I prove once again. That the apostolic gifts had ceased of healing. Because if they were still in operation, why didn't Paul heal Epaphroditus of his sickness? Once again, the Bible wins. He said, he said God, God helped him. He recovered from his sickness. His service, verse 28 and 29, I sent him therefore the more carefully that when you see him again you may rejoice that I may be the less sorrowful. Receive him therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such a reputation because for the work of Christ he was nigh unto death, not regarding his life to supply your lack of service toward me. Paul said, i got to send Brother Paphroditus back. He said, I hate to see him go. But Paul said, I'll be all right. Y'all been a blessing to me. You know how hard that would have been for Paul? He's in a Roman prison by himself. The only person that loves God around him is Epaphroditus. He's finally got a little bit of fellowship. Paul says, I'm going to send him back to you. That's pretty big right there. Sitting alone in a prison. And finally a brother comes. A companion, a fellow soldier. God sent me some fellowship. Paul said, I'm going to send him back to you. 
You know what I see? And here's what Paul said. He said, receiving therefore in the Lord with all gladness and hold such a reputation. That little phrase, hold such a reputation, means honored, prized, and possession. He said, when he gets back, y'all make sure y'all honor old brother Paphroditus because he didn't allow sickness to stop him from serving God. He just kept on going. He didn't quit. You make sure you honor him because he, he fulfilled his mission. Thank God for a man like Epaphroditus that didn't quit. Now, in closing tonight, I'm preaching about being laborers together with God. You know what all three of these men had in common? Preach, they're saved, yes. They're, yes, they're service of the Lord. But all three of these men, as I studied this today, you know what, I, you know what the trait I saw in them? They were all selfless. Here's Paul. Send Epaphroditus back. And I hope y'all are doing good. I want to know how y'all are doing. While Paul's sitting in prison. Starving, cold, sick, beating, beat, been, have been beat, beaten, awaiting trial, not knowing if he's going to live to see another day. And Paul said, I, I want to know y'all are doing good, and I'm going to send Brother Paproditus back. By the way, Paproditus carried this letter of the book of Philippians back to the church. He got it back. And then there's Timothy. All seeking their own, but not Timothy. Timothy said, I, I just want to be a blessing to the man of God. I want to be a blessing to the church. I want to do anything I can to serve God. And then Epaphroditus got sick, but didn't regard his life, didn't want anybody else to know about it. He just wanted to make sure that the work of God went on. I'm going to tell you, if we're going to be laborers together with God, we can't be focused on ourselves tonight. We've got to be focused on, on the Lord Jesus, first of all. Hey, he should have our pride. Looking unto Jesus. But then we ought to see the needs of others around us. Isaiah 6, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord. You've got to see him, but then we've got to see the needs of others. See the needs of others. I want to say tonight, I'm glad that we are laborers together with God. I'm glad we're in this thing together. May God help us to have the spirit of a Paul, a Timothy, and a Paproditus to live a selfless life and honor Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's stand together. I preach 30 minutes. I appreciate your attention tonight. Brother Matthew's going to come play a verse of invitation. Maybe you have a desire to come pray. Maybe there's a special request upon your heart tonight you'd like to bring before the Lord. Maybe.